<laughs> I was ready. That was perfect. It was going to be I know. I did. Fucked up. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I am your host, Mitch, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the mo-host, it's Joe. How are you? I'm good. I thought you called me a ho-host then. No, the mo-host. Ah, okay. Mm. I'm good. I'm very good. You've got an ISO mo. No, you've got a goatee. We've both got goatees. We've always had goatees. Yes. Yes. Every person in Tasmania, I think, has a beard. It's actually, just I've got a beard. Things. I went the goatee in the last couple of months. I went back because I accidentally shaved too much of the beard. You know, when you overcommit, it's like, ah, oh, shit, got to go back to the goatee. It just looks wrong. I'm yeah. a beard guy now. Yeah, I thought about shaving it back to a goatee and I thought, no, I, I, I prefer having a beard because then I only shave once a week. I just have to get rid of my neck beard parts. I prefer having a beard too because I have a definition of my face. Otherwise, yeah. it just looks like neck. I don't have have, it No, me either. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm almost to the stage where I'm rocking the sea captain beard now. Ooh, you got a sea captain hat. uh, I kind of fit right in, though. But there there are some real Ned Kelly beards just wandering around the streets here in uh, Tasmania at the moment. No, I can't do that. Um, I'm just not hipster enough for that. I don't have enough arcade fire in my record collection. No. Anyway. Speaking of that, I'm glad we did that music episode. It was fun. Made you think about music a bit more? Yes. It's good. And it's funny because after we put it out, I was like, oh, I should have done this album. Or I should have done this album. It's a sample. We can't do it much is. more. But yeah. it has got me thinking that we should do more music episodes on Welcome to My World. So there's a couple of things that I'm going to throw out in the pipeline for you and we Ooh. can decide whether we want to do it. Bit of sizzle. Yes. Cool. But anyway, what else have you been up to? Not a lot. ISO is, I mean, we're still, I think, the worst state in the country when it comes to cases, and the restrictions are the tightest here, which I don't have a problem with. Some people do, but it's not really impacting on me too bad. I did go shopping on the weekend. I need a new jacket. It's getting a bit cold here, and I wanted a jacket. So I went to Northland, which is a, <laughs> just a shopping centre. Just the way you said you wanted a jacket. It just, Sorry. No, no, I do want a jacket, so I went there because I, I can only jack in public now. It's a weird thing that I do. And I, I figured out because I've been in ISO for so long now, I, it's just become the normal yeah. without really – I can't go anywhere. All the kids' activities essentially stop, so weekends are free, but we can't go anywhere or do anything. We did go to the Yanya Reservoir a couple of weeks ago. You know, that was an outing like the, we yeah. used to do as a kid. When I was a kid, it was like I was telling my, my kids, it's like, we used to do this when we were kids. What we go for a drive. Where to? Nowhere. Wherever. We yeah. went for a drive. <laughs> that was what we did. You know, we may have had a destination in mind, but the shops weren't open on a Sunday. No. There's no footy or whatever on a Sunday. So you went for a drive. The shops aren't open on Sundays here in Tasmania half the time oh, either. God. It's really so weird. to go for drives. Yeah. I couldn't imagine just... It's just open. Things are just open. I'm so used to that now. I figured out... So I went to North Northies and did a bit of more ratting going on. And I found that was my time to myself, was with thousands of other people at a shopping centre. Because I'm at work, I'm with people constantly. I come home and there's everyone's home, the family's yep. home. I don't actually get time to myself because it's not like they're going off and doing things. So exactly. they're always yep. here. So that was my time. Except mm. from the, my driving to and from work. And we have been recording Geek Do's live in studio again. So I've been going to Freshers back and forth. And that's pretty much the only addings I've done. But that, that's my time to myself. So, yeah, it's weird feeling alone. 
but not. I didn't feel. I didn't even feel bad. It was just tying to myself, headphones in, walking around a shopping center. It was just strange. Mm-hmm. And I did queue up like a nightclub to go into Uniqlo, which is just weird. <laughs> that is weird. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's sort of like the restrictions are off, but the way where people were acting and how many people are around, it feels like they think it's done. It's over. It's it's not over, people. No, far from over. No. Yes. Well, we, we're lucky down here in Tasmania. We haven't had a new case for, I think it's about 11 or 12 days now. And I think there's only eight active cases going on. So that's pretty good. I myself did get tested last week because I had a sinus infection. And oh, that's I'm, nasty. No. And I had sort of a block nose and I had pain in my face anyway. But because I had some symptoms, the doctor was like, you've got to go and get tested. But when you've already got a block sinus and someone rams a, a swab up your nose, it's not exactly pleasant. But mm. thankfully, negative response. So it's all good. But yeah, things starting to lift a little bit here. The restriction is now you're allowed to have five people over to your house that aren't related to you, which worked yeah. out perfectly because it was my eldest 13th birthday on the weekend. So he actually had two friends from school come over on Friday night and we had some pizza and we've actually found a really good pizza shop here in Tasmania now. Oh, this so, one? <laughs> well, so far, out of the three different pizzas we've had, this would be the fourth, and this has by far been the best. However, apparently it's still a chain. It's a place called Pizza Capers. I'm not sure if they have them all over the place in Melbourne. I think As in the fish on them? Capers aren't fish. Capers are like little, I don't know, plant things, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. But no, I think it's Pizza Capers as in like the cheap messing up the jumble caper. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said it. But it was expensive. Strong bad reference for anyone listening. Yes. Not just for us. No. Look it up. It's worth it. But they had a deal where it was like you could get three gourmet pizzas and a garlic bread for like $59 delivered. And I was like, that is kind of expensive. And then because we had like three teenage boys plus my wife and myself, and we're like, well, we probably need five pizzas between us. But we didn't. We only needed probably three, and we could have got away with it. But we paid a hundred bucks for these like five pizzas that we got. But they were really good pizzas, and we had enough leftovers to have. Well, we had enough leftovers to have for lunch the next day, so we got two meals out of it. So I would highly recommend them. So if you are in the Launceston area, that's probably my pick for pizza. And they had stuff that was kind of not your average pizza as well, which is really nice. They had one called the Porknado, and it was like pulled pork and bacon and pepperoni and stuff. So it was it was nice, good quality. Cool. I think if I was going to compare it to anything in Melbourne, I think it would be a bit like crust. Okay. Yeah. So that was good. And then the actual Saturday night was my son's birthday, and we did a family thing with my, my wife's parents because they've moved out here with us as well. So we had like the six of us, and we decided we would get a catering pack from a local Italian restaurant. And that cost us about 80 bucks, but there was like enough food for about 10 people there. And we had like lasagna wow. and a different cabanara pasta and garlic bread and salads and stuff. And it was it was really good quality. So I recommend those as well. So, that was so from you're the discovering path. your food. Yes. Excellent. But we were, we were very much like when this all this lockdown finishes, we'll be going back and eating in at the pasta merchant where we got our takeaway from the other night. So As of today, they've restricted, they've taken some restrictions off. So some restaurants and cafes are allowed to be open, and there's there's obviously restrictions on how many people can be in there. You know, pubs are allowed like twenty max and things like that. Yeah. But I've seen a few photos on Facebook, and I'm I've sort of settled into this thing. It's sort of like it's the norm, so it's like okay, I've just accepted it. I saw a couple of photos of a chicken parma, and I'm like, oh, maybe there is something I covered when this is yes. done. 
So, I mean, because um, I like my kebabs and everything, and they're all fine. They're takeaway sort of foods, but you can't really do a takeaway palmer. So, no. yeah. So I, I just saw a couple of photos that going, yeah, I think we're going to have to, or I'm going to have to just sneak out and have a palmer at some point. But they've got the restrictions lifted slightly here, and some places are allowed to have 10 people in the restaurant at one time. And a few of the restaurants here in Tassie are doing like sittings for dinner now they're sort of like well we'll do a five o'clock sitting and we'll do a seven o'clock seven o'clock seven thirty sort of sitting and everything's pre-book you can't just like rock up and hope for the best so yeah but what i miss the most is going out for breakfast on a sunday morning being able to sit down and have a nice fry up and a cup of coffee and just chill and mm. not have to cook it myself but yeah i don't know how far away we are from that but hopefully soon. well in, in my jacket session my jacket off session <laughs> At Norfies. Yeah. Because I was there for a bit. I, I, I just, not, I'm so out of practice. I went and bought some containers first from Daiso. So instead of carrying them around, and that was the furthest point from my car. So I was like, ah. Oh. So instead of carrying them around, I walked back to the car, put them back in the car, then did some more shopping. Then it was like time for food. So I was like, all right, I'll grab some schnitz. And that's fine. But it's like, I can't sit down anywhere because all the food courts are like close. <laughs> so, so I had like, to go oh. sit in the car. So I walked back to the car again, ate my schnitz, then went back and did some more shopping. It was just like, yeah, it's just such a mess. You just kind yeah. of grab a coffee and sit down. It's just, yeah, that that's the weird thing. It's like yeah. everything's transient and moving. And I don't mind the moving because, like I said, people are relaxing like it's gone. It's like, keep moving, people. Don't dawdle. Don't stand in front of me. Don't stop. Don't this. Come on. But yeah. I would have liked to have not had to go back to my car to eat my schnitz, but apart from that, it, it, it yeah. was kind of weird. Mm. All right. I'm hungry so, for a palmy, but anyway. Yeah. So they, they do call them palmies down here. I'm I'm a palmer person. I'm a, I'm definitely a palmer person too because we have a go because on on the Geek Dudes podcast, Lady J is sort of frequent guest on the show. She's from Geelong, and they call them palmies in Geelong, and they palmies in South Australia, and we always have a go at it and just how wrong it is. Yeah. But maybe we are the minority. We're not maybe. wrong. We're just the minority. Mm. At least mm. if you go to a fish and chip shop down here, they still call them potato cakes rather than scallops. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, should we jump into our normal routine? Let's go. Have you been gaming? Have I been gaming? <gasps> not myself. Oh, I did. Oh, I can't remember the name. I bought a game, it was like four bucks, but it was more like an interactive movie. It was like the money for nothing film clip almost. Yeah. And you're running around and the review said like Twin Peaks meets something else that I like. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll give it a go. And it's like three dollars. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll buy that. And you're sort of first person perspective, you walk around and you're sort of the res- what do they call this like a circle in the middle of the screen, receptacle or something? Something Red- like that. Yeah. yeah, so if that highlights over something that you can interact with, it'll change shape a bit. So you know, oh, I can do something there. So the the odd thing here where you can turn a radio on and off and the things like that. But you're walking around sort of investigating. But as soon as you get to sort of a bit where it's like, Oh, you've done what you need to here, it sort of fades to black and fades into the next scene. So you sort of play scenes out, but there's no game element because you sort of just go around, find everything, trigger everything, and then it goes to the next scene. And there's no talking. It sort of just all plays out very melancholy, very slow. And yeah, I'd be good if I could tell you the name of it. Um, <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it was just sort of weird. But it, it, I, I played it one night when I was kind of tired. So it's only, I, I checked how long to beat. It was only like two and a half, three hours game, which is perfect. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And totally just was falling asleep playing it. It was just like, because it's so slow paced and never got back to it. 
So no, it's a shame. Yeah, but I, I was intrigued, and I, I would like to finish it at some point. But yeah, I totally forgot about it, to be honest. And I spoke, I think, last time we spoke about games, we got Ninjago was part of the Game Pass, and I was playing That's right, it with yep. my son. Yep. Went to go finish it, and it was gone. We talked about the risk of it's going soon, we better finish this before it's gone. Yeah, it went. But thanks to you, you told me that for one day only, Xbox was giving it away for free. Yeah. Like, not for Game Pass, but to own for free for one day. So I got in there and got it again. So that was good. So my son finished it on the weekend. So that was good. So it makes me want to watch the Ninjago movie because it looks kind of funny because there's a lot of cutscenes from the film. And it's got that same sort of humor as a Lego movie. It's really funny. So... I'll be checking that out at some point. And I also bought the game months ago, Unravel, which is sort of a side-scroller. It's a puzzler, I guess, in side-scrolling. And you're a creature of yarn or wool. And you literally, you walk along and you you're, you leave a trail of this red wool behind you, which you are, and you go from place to place. And you run out of wool eventually. So to get to the next bit, you find more spindles of wool. And that's sort of checkpoints, essentially. And then you can keep going. And you can tie your wool onto bits. And if you tie it between two places and jump on it, it becomes a trampoline, which means you can jump higher. You can tie it to levers and pull levers down and pull things across and you jump on water. And it's absolutely gorgeous to look at, like the photorealistic backgrounds and the trees and everything. It's And it's quite – I'm going to use melancholy again because I don't think I know what it really means. I'm just using it because it sounds impressive. But it's it's just this tranquil sort of game. There's, there are crabs that will eat you and little pieces here. You do die, but you just restart again. It's no big deal. So you're not feeling that dread of some computer games. It's just – it's, it's quite weird, but my I played for a little bit. Then my son wanted to play, so we played a bit with him, and my wife sort of got into it, and she rarely games, so I always encourage when she does. Yeah, so she sort of got into it, and what was it, Friday night? Wasn't doing anything. I was a bit out of it. I thought I'd read some comics on my iPad, and it's like, you can game if you want, because we had nothing to really watch on telly. So she did, and she put a good couple of hours into it. I helped out when I needed to and went to YouTube for other bits when we needed to. To okay. get through some bits, but um, um, it was fun, and you got that sense of accomplishment when you sort of yep. figure it out and do it. But yeah. yeah, that's really the only gaming I've been doing. Yeah, well, I think I bought that as a two pack with Unraveled and Unraveled Two. I think it was probably about Christmas time they had it on sale, and we saw the ad, and I was like, to my wife, I was like, well, it's co op, we can probably play it together. But, yeah, it's been sitting on my hard drive and I haven't played it. But now that I've heard a bit more about it, I probably will jump into it and give it a go. But gaming-wise for me, I've we've had a bit of a resurgence with Pokemon down here at the moment because my kids have decided that they would get into Pokemon Go again. And something that Pokemon Go have been doing just lately is they've been doing a lot of challenges that you can do from home without having to leave your house, getting onto this whole ISO thing. So the mm-hmm. fact that my kids actually don't get out quite as much as I do with the Pokemoning. So they've now jumped back on board and they've been doing a couple of the home type things you can do with the Pokemon. But I I still try and get out at least once a day. I'll go for a little walk around the the block at work and sort of try and catch something every day. But yeah, this whole resurgence of this isolation stuff means my kids have really got into it. And since then, they've now been deciding that they're going to go back and watch Pokemon from the very first episode again. So that's it's kind of weird watching the old episodes with a very crude animation. Because I, okay. I think it was sort of late 90s when it first came out. So it is pretty old now. Late, but, uh, I think early 90s, but yeah. It could have been. Mid-90s? Yeah. 
maybe I, I don't know, but definitely nineties. But the other thing we've been playing as well is they've just released Minecraft Dungeons, and that was actually part of Game Pass as well. So we decided we'd get that because obviously my my youngest is just mad into Minecraft. But this is kind of like a Minecraft version of Diablo. So it's an isometric game set in the Minecraft universe, so everything's that blocky sort of Minecraft. Okay, so it's visually Minecraft, but not gameplay. Yeah, well, visually Minecraft, but gameplay, it's Diablo. You basically, you can play four-player couch co-op, so it's perfect for us with the four kids, or two kids and my wife and I, and you just hack and slash your way through zombies and monsters and collect better weaponry and better armor and stuff so it it's fun it's like a a pg diablo so we got that on the weekend and i think my son's already up to about level 13 for his character and i'm level 10 with my character even the fact that he is only nine he has got the idea that if you go back and grind a level you've already played to try and level up a bit more and you can get better loot so i think i've taught him something well I was impressed because my six-year-old did take to unravel a lot quicker than my wife did. That's okay. kids, I think, in gaming. Once you yep. sort of get into it, you, your brain's switched on to it as opposed to thinking about mortgages and bills yes. and all those other things. Yeah. But he, playing with my nephews, my son has played a little bit of Minecraft and really wants to. So I yep. think it's probably time to jump and let him do it soon. It's just yeah. I don't know Minecraft at all, so I don't know what to let him play it on, what does he need me to play it with him or is he going to be right without me? You'll learn as you go and there's story mode is there or do you just do the free world stuff? Should it be on the iPad or do I do it on the PC or do it on the Xbox? So many questions. Well, I'm I would sure say go to Google to find out. Do me. it on the Xbox because Minecraft itself is part of Game Pass. Yeah. So if he likes it, you can play it there for free and then if it does okay. eventually drop off Game Pass, I think on Xbox, It'll it's only about enough. 25 bucks. If he's if he wants to try Minecraft Story Mode, that's actually on Netflix. Oh, he's Minecraft, played that. Yeah, because Minecraft Story Mode is just an interactive story where you choose a couple of different choices every now and then, and they give you a different path to the adventure sort of thing. So if he liked that, he would probably like Minecraft itself. And if he's played anything that's building games, so any of the Lego games where you get to build stuff, he'd probably enjoy Minecraft. It, it is a huge learning game. Uh, he, he's played it and he loves it and he really wants to, but I was sort of more worried, where do I need to play with him or is he going to be right with it? Is it? Does it help you along without, do I need to sit there with him or can he figure it out? He can figure it out. I know kids are pretty cluey with this sort of stuff. Well, if, if he's not going online and he's just playing completely offline single player, Minecraft is what you make of it. So when I first started But there Minecraft, is a story, isn't there? Not there really. is a game element. No, okay. there's not. It's basically you just go on there and if you want to build stuff, you build stuff. If you want to just explore, you explore. Like my nine-year-old will sit there for hours watching YouTube clips of how to build certain things on Minecraft. And then he will go onto the game and replicate that. So he can now okay. build like ender portals and go and fight ender dragons and all this sort of shit. And he's doing stuff in the game that I never would do myself because all I wanted to do was just build myself a little house and then go and dig for gold. But he gets yeah. right into it. So, yeah. All right. I'll do the Xbox one. Then I can hmm. control when he's on it or not. All right. So that sounds like a plan. But there's something else is he started back at school. His mates are all back at school again. And he wants a Switch now. Yeah. And a Nintendo Switch. And he wants to play Animal Crossing. Now, I'm older than a lot of the other parents, I guess. Hmm. So I'm not a Pokemon guy. I'm not that era. So, yes, I bought a DS 
eventually, but I miss that Pokemon era totally with cartoons and games and everything. So I just don't know. I just yeah. don't know. So I don't really jump to the new consoles when the new Pokemon came game comes out or anything and yeah. a lot of other parents of the kids that jackson goes to school with are probably of an age where they were they do grow up with pokemon so it doesn't interest me at all so i have no knowledge i don't i know what a pikachu is and a couple of others but that that's the limit of it all yeah. so you know so the switch really doesn't interest me at all it didn't really matter i've got my xbox i don't care about any others i don't need anymore and i thought I'd be fine with that. There's plenty of games on there for the kids to play, so it's all good. But, yeah, obviously during isolation, everyone went nuts for Animal Crossing on the Switch. And it's like, well, it means nothing to me. I'll be fine. But there's obviously a lot of other people out there who have the Switch now, and that's all he wants now. And it's like, I don't know. I don't want to get involved in this. So hopefully he'll get over it pretty quickly, but I doubt it. Okay. So how much does a Switch go for these days? Well, there's two. There's a Switch and a Switch Lite. The Switch has got the docking station. You can plug it into your TV and play it there or take it with you, where the Switch Lite is just purely portable. You can't yeah. dock it. And I think they run it just over 200 bucks, and it's around that 300 plus for the okay. Switch. So not cheap. And no. I don't want him having a portable game just yet. It just seems too young for those yeah. sort of things. But, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's going to get yeah. new challenges, new challenges. Oh, fuck. Exactly. Yes, but I don't know. Do you, do you know about a game? This is more just letting you know called Retromania. The wrestling game, yes. I've yes. been following them on Twitter. Uh, okay, because I thought it'd be something up your alley. I heard about it the other day and I thought that's sort of something you'd be into. So it's basically a modern re redux of the 1991 classic wrestling arcade game, but with modern rosters or updated rosters. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a reimagining of WrestleFest, but with current indie wrestlers and a few legends thrown in there as well. So, hmm. yes. Is that your jam or you moved on from that? And yes, it'd be interesting, but could do you really want to go back and play old style gaming? I, it really depends on the price point. So it, I think it's due for release the end of June. So when it comes out, I will have a look at how much it's selling for. I know it's coming to Xbox and it's also coming to Steam as well. So I will probably toss up the idea of whether I get it depending on how much it is. But it, it's interesting. Like the idea is is very good. But yeah. I don't know. Is that hold a game that. play that you like? Though? Well, WrestleFest was a good game, but I don't know if it would hold up in today's standards. It's very much mm. a sort of 2D sprite-based wrestling game. But, yeah, I think for nostalgia, if it's cheap enough, I probably will buy it. Well, I'm looking at the website now. You can pre-order it, and I'm assuming it's in American dollars. Yeah. And it's for Steam, it's twenty four ninety nine. So that's not too bad. Yeah, and PCs twenty nine ninety nine. Don't know why that's different. They're both PCs, so it's around the thirty buck mark US. Okay. So it's about six hundred dollars Australian. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Who knows what it'll be in by the time it actually gets released? Hmm. But it, it is okay, something so that is on the horizon that I, I am kind to keen to have a look. It'll at. be cheap enough. It'll drop exactly. Yeah, you can wait if you're not in a hurry. Television. All right, let's go. Television. Yes. Well, I was going to say movies, but. No one's been to the movies. But I've actually been watching a lot of movies, but we'll get to that. So okay, my, right. my streaming services have been having a bit of a workout, mm. and there's probably a little bit of crossover. So I'll probably start on the things that I've been watching that I know you probably haven't watched. Okay. And firstly, we've been going absolutely nuts trying to get Mad Men finished because 
we were watching an episode the other day and it flashed up on the top of the screen saying this is leaving Netflix on the 9th of June. So we have just been going crazy trying to get through Mad Men. We are now into season six, about halfway through season six. So we have a season and a half to go. And I think it drops off Netflix on the 9th of June. So I'm not sure if we're actually going to get it finished or not. But it's a bit of a deadline. But but we're, we're continuing with that. Also on Netflix, my son's been watching a really cool cartoon called Hilda, which is based on... I've heard it's uh, great, yeah. Yeah, it's based on a sort of... I don't know if it's a comic or whether it's a graphic novel, but it's it's written by a dude it's called a young Luke Peterson. Graphic novel, yeah. I was looking at a list of shows on Netflix that had like strong female characters and good family values, and this came up quite a few times. And I thought, well, we'll let him watch it and see if it's good. And he was absolutely riveted by it. And I've actually sat down and watched probably half of the season with him as well. So I recommend it as well. It's a story of a young girl that lives in the wilderness with her mum in this little hut in the middle of the forest and she's friends with forest trolls and fairies and all this sort of stuff. And for some reason or another, she has to move back into the city and it's the whole, how is she going to cope living in the city where there's no wildlife? But then as it turns out, there is still mythical creatures in the city as well and she gets to know them too. So it's really good and it's funny. It's well-drawn. You can tell that it's based on a comic because it feels like a comic. But, yeah, we're really digging that. So, yeah, Uh, I'd say if you have kids or even if you don't, probably check it out. My nine-year-old loves it. So that's been good. Another thing that I've been watching because it is puerile and my kids love it too, and that's a program that's been on Amazon Prime from a couple of years ago called The Almost Impossible Game Show. And it's kind of like Wipeout Only Worse, if that makes sense. They do these absolutely crazy games and they have these people wearing tight lycra outfits in fluoro colours while they're doing these games and they just have a tendency to fall over and look like they're killing themselves. But what really makes it is the fact that the commentary on it is done by an Irish comedy rap duo called the Rubber Bandits. And I did okay. a little bit of Wikipedia-ing about the Rubber Bandits. And they are two dudes that do comedy rap music while wearing face masks made out of plastic bags from the supermarkets to cover their faces. But (laughs) they have the most comical Irish accents. They use lots of euphemisms. And the fact that, yeah, there is dudes and women in tight lycra running on a conveyor belt backwards and falling on their asses while these two Irish dudes make fun of them. It's just very, very funny to watch, purely for the fact that it is train wreck television and you are watching people wreck themselves for nothing more than winning a trophy if they get through it. They don't even win prize money or anything like that. It's just a shitty brass trophy. And they say it's the almost impossible game show. And I think in the there's two seasons of about six episodes in each season. And we've only seen about three people get all the way through it. So, yeah. Okay, cool. But, yes, it's very worth the watch if you like seeing people fall over. Now, one other thing that I've been watching before we jump into stuff that we've probably both been watching, and that is season four of Rick and Morty. So they've actually been dropping these episodically week to week on Netflix. So normally on Tuesday on my day off before I go to pick up the kids in the afternoon after I've done all my grocery shopping and all the other shit that I do on my day off, I, I normally sit down for about 20 minutes with my lunch and I go, Yep, this Rick and Morty time. So I've been watching it every week now rather than letting it build up. And there's been some really good episodes in this season. Nothing I'm quite so as good as. far behind. Uh, it, it's worth no. the catch up. Nothing okay. quite as good as Pickle I, Rick, but there's been a couple of really good episodes. 
because I, I loved it. I'm a big Dan Harmon fan. I love Community. When Rick and Morty came out, this is like brilliant TV. And something snapped. I, don't know. I just stopped. I don't know what it was. Uh, a lot of it came when my kids came along and I lost my room. Yeah. So my computer moved to the, the bungalow, essentially, and never got plugged in again. So I've got a PC attached. It's like a little PC stick, like a dongle. So I can run a computer through my television in the lounge, but obviously it's limited to what I can do. So when it comes to torrenting, that just stopped and doing things like that. I just used to sit at my computer, I'd play Xbox and I'd watch stuff. And it was just this symbiotic relationship that worked well and that stopped so um a lot of my appointment tv just dropped off so everything became either important or nothing so a lot of that sort of shows just dropped out and i miss it i'm just not making the time to catch up and i've been watching a lot of abc kids becomes comedy at night here in australia yeah and i've been watching a lot of that lately when everyone's gone to bed i'll just flick over and see what it is and generally it's the office of 30 rock for a long time or parks and rec and i'll catch that and i've seen all of 30 rock in the office and i loved it so i'm very happy to sit back and watch something i've seen before and now they've just added community to the list and re-watching that i forgot how freaking brilliant that show was Yep. And that's Dan Harmon. And it's his rants and his mindset and his the way he looks at the world. I'm just like, fuck, that's observant and that's clever and that. And Rick and Morty's that too. And I'm just not making the time to watch it and I don't know why. So I thought about it the other day. I really should get back into that. Mm. You should. It's worth it. Okay. So it shows you reckon we've been watching together. Well, stuff that I think we probably definitely have watched, both of us watched because we've talked about Dizzy. it. Dizzy! Yes, so on Netflix, there is a new show called The Big Flower Fight, Mm -hmm. which I think you recommended it to me after I had already watched the first episode. And I think you said it was kind of like Great British Bake Off for florists. Yeah. And that's probably a very good way to describe it. So it's teams of two competing to make floral arrangements on a giant scale and yes. it's hosted by some girl with a very bad haircut and Vic Reeves. Oh, she's cute. Don't you dare. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go that far. But oh, she's cute. I will say that I, I was impressed that Vic Reeves is 61 years old and he still looks as good as he does. Yeah, so it's essentially they are given a task like any of the game shows like Lego Masters or Great British Bake Off or whatever and they are judged and eliminated as you go on but we are talking big. It was very strange because the the teams that got together, they were florists like who do bouquets, wedding bouquets and things like that. There was a groundskeeper and his son. There was some, I don't know what the Irish dudes were, grumpy. And there were some artists and there was a sculptor. It was it was a strange mix. Because the thing, if you watch Blown Away on Netflix, which is awesome, the glass blowing show, they were all trained glass blowers. So in the end, you got the best glass blower. But because, like, they did really well, but there were two girls from America who were just, you know, um, bouquets, wedding bouquets and stuff. And yep. to go from that to doing a eight-foot crab, it's yeah. a big change, you know, yes. that sort of stuff. So it was a bit unfair because the teams that got to the end, without spoiling it for people, they were probably the most professional of the lot. Yep. So they kind of had an advantage you know, they were the best teams and deserved to be there, but they were also were sort of halfway there anyway. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like they got 10 people with the same level of quality and that you sort of got some people that were pushing shit uphill to keep up. Yeah, the fact that they weren't amateurs kind of made it unbalanced. That's, what, that's how I felt. 
I mean, they were all professional people. They were professional in some way to do with plants and things. But one guy, like, was a gardener, yeah, as opposed to an artist yeah. in a way. I don't know. It just seemed they seemed to be a little not biased, but it was unbalanced, I suppose. But just what, yeah, some of the pieces of work were amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. What I really liked about it, as well as the fact that they seem more natural sort of people, that well, it's the very fact, English side of things. <laughs> yeah, but there's half the teams are Americans, half the teams are English. The judge is an American, but it doesn't have that forced. American reality TV. It, it does. They weren't just English like and American. English. There was a Dutch and a Dane. Well, that's Thank true. You. Yes. <laughs> but what I thought weird was in that first episode, they kind of concentrated on four or five teams out of ten. I think they started with. Yes. And there were some people you didn't even see their finished product in that first episode, and it was like, well, where's this heading? Well, uh, obviously, they're very short episodes. They don't have time. Yeah. But yes, you sort of figured out early. It's like, oh, one of them is going and one of these yeah. are winning because yeah, they're that, only focusing the on these teams. Mm. Yeah. But um, it, it's fun and it's something that you can watch with the kids, which is good. And like all these shows, all of a sudden, two episodes in, I'm a fucking expert. Oh, for sure. As I said to one, you know, a friend of mine who's watched as well, and it's like, you know, oh, all of a sudden, I'm an expert, and I think, what are you doing with those begonias? They're the wrong colour. And she came back to me saying, yeah, I've, all of a sudden, I've got a very strong opinion on the use of moss. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, it's, what, eight episodes? Is that yep. It's easy. It's a good watch. It's a lot of fun. It's easy. And the creativity and the use is amazing. Like, some of them look terrible, and you're going, wow, that's that's embarrassing. But some of the pieces of art are just amazing, and these exactly, people are yeah. very talented. Very, very yep. talented. Yeah, so that that was fun, but that's finished now. I don't know. I've got to look for them. my next fix. Maybe I've got to look for the Great British Bake Off. Maybe you do. It's not the same now mm. that Mary Berry's not on it. <sighs> She's eaten enough souls, has she? I think she has. Well, yeah. speaking of English people and something else I know we've definitely both watched is Charlie Brooker's antiviral wipe. So Charlie yes. Brooker used to do a weekly wipe for a little while and then he was doing a yearly news roundup wipe and he hasn't done one of those for a few years now because he's, he's too busy counting his black mirror money exactly but he's come out of the woodwork to do his antiviral wipe which is a 45 minute hour long comedy rant about the situation of the coronavirus in england and worldwide well, lead up to this year basically yeah and the, just this whole year yeah how everything has kind of gone to hell in a handbasket very, very quickly. I didn't think it was as good as some of his other weekly wipes or yearly wipes, but there was a couple of ongoing jokes that I really loved. The fact that when people had masks on in press conferences and they were talking and he would be like, well, you can't even tell what they're talking. They could be saying anything. And he was like overdubbing things like, oh, I'm just going to go and have a poo after this. And then he would come back and go, I'm nearly 50, you know, and then he'd come back after another poo joke and he'd be like, you know, I've lived five decades on this planet. And I was like, yep, that's great. He's, he's still doing these, poo jokes, yes. doing poo jokes and then just admitting that he's too old to be doing poo jokes. But I, I liked it. I, as I said, I didn't think it was as good as some of the other ones. I didn't think Philomena Kunk and Barry Shippies were quite as good as they had been in the past, but I, I still enjoyed it and I still would recommend it if you're a Charlie Booker fan. Yep. It was good. It was good. Hmm. And one last thing for me that I think you've probably watched as well, and I that is I finished the second season of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I've seen some. Yeah. 
So I really enjoyed the episode about Road Warrior Hawk and the Road Warriors in general. I thought that was a good episode. And I loved the Owen Hart episode. I haven't seen that. Or who's the other guy, the promoter, who died with all the hookers and blow? This, the, That's the one I want to see. The Jewish cowboy. That's a bit of an eye-opener. I didn't know anything about him, so that was interesting as well. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, the Dino Bravo episode's pretty cool too, about how he got tied up with the mafia the and organised crime in uh, Canadian yeah. mafia. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, I, but, I, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it, and I sort of catch it here and there, but I'm just like, mm. on Jim Ross's podcast, which is grilling – Brilliant yep. with Jim Ross, I think. They've actually interspersed the episodes with the creators of that TV show, and they interviewed them. So okay. it's really good companions to the episodes. If you watch it, you go and listen to the following. They, they release it the next day after it was released, and they talk about the episode, what they couldn't film, what they didn't get footage of, where they came, got the ideas from, things like that. It's really good. I can recommend mm, that if you like this show. Mm, I, I think yeah. Martha Hart, Owen's widow, was actually on Talk Is Jericho on my episode as well, but I've stopped listening to that too, so I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. But I, I actually, without even knowing, I watched the Owen Hart episode on the 23rd of May, which was the anniversary of his death. So I was oh. like, hmm, well, that was timely without knowing. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, Interesting, though, a lot of people on Twitter, once the Owen Hart episode came out, they were like, oh, it's really triggered me again. And, you know, I found it really difficult to watch. And yes, I guess it did stir up some emotions from back in the day when Owen did die. But I don't think it was quite as hard hitting as it could have been. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a heartless old bastard now. But it was interesting listening to his son talk now about how he was, I think, nine when Owen died. And similar to the Dino Bravo episode as well. They talked to his daughter, who was like only five, I think, when Dino Bravo got killed. And it's interesting to, to see their legacy through the eyes of the next generation sort of thing. So, yeah, it was good. But, yeah, that's that's my TV watching. As I said, my, okay. my streaming services have been getting a real workout in these times. But, yeah. Well, I've been watching Ozark. Did I, have I spoken about that before? No, no. Okay, Ozark on Netflix. It's... um. I don't know. I, I think it's his brainchild or his pet project, at least. Jason Bateman is the star of the show, Justine's brother. Um, yeah. He's also, I notice, he's directed a lot of episodes, so I dare say he's a producer. The show's very bleak. I'd say this is what Breaking Bad is to meth, this is to money laundering. So it starts off, he's a Chicago financial advisor. <sighs> I'm going to spoil here, so just skip forward 30 seconds if you are planning on watching Ozark. But it's not a major spoiler. It's just the impetus to the show, but it's the first episode spoiler. So the guy, he's a money launderer, and his business partner ends up being killed by the cartel that they're laundering for. And he's on the run. He's basically got to talk his way out of the situation of being killed himself. And he says, oh, there's all this property in in the Ozarks in Missouri, is it? I think. So I can do this. I can set up. I can launder your money. I can do this. So he talks his way out of the situation. And that's essentially the first episode is the the setup. And then episode two moves to the Ozarks and the shit that goes on from there. So he's just looking for opportunities to launder money. So he goes to the strip club, he goes to a storage facility and places like that. And a lot of it, like people swore by this show. So that's what got me intrigued. It was kind of bleak, not fun at all, but I sort of stuck with it because I heard a few good things. Then someone 
just finished season three and they said, oh, for episode, seasons one and two were okay, but season three was fucking amazing. you got to watch your show. It's like, oh, and I'll stick with it. So I sort of stuck with it, watching an episode every night, essentially. Just the last thing I did was go to bed. It's, it's, you know, had the iPad on my phone with me while I was doing it, so I wasn't really paying attention. But essentially the show is, here he is, he's talked his way out of it, situation happens, everything seems to be going right, here's a spanner and he'll talk his way out of it again. So it's not the descent that was, you know, Breaking Bad, where that character did change. He's sort of the same character doing his thing, but it's um, very... I'm intrigued enough to keep going, and I am watching it when I can. Like, I'm even watching it at work at the moment, so at lunchtime I'll put my phone up and watch it on my phone. I don't know if it holds up to this binge way I'm watching it, but I don't think I'd care if I was watching it week to week. That's the okay. difference. So if I, I wouldn't be stewing going, oh, how are they going to get out of this situation? The fact I know it finishes in 30 episodes, I think there is another season, but I'll be happy to get to the end of this third season. Ten episodes a season, it's fine. I'm happy to get through it, and I am intrigued as to how it solved the solution of the problem that each each episode seems to be a cliffhanger of, oh, fuck, how are they going to get out of this one? I'm not championing anyone in it because no one is really likable, but I am intrigued as to how are they going to fix it or get out of it. And the problem with the binge is the concept of time doesn't quite work. Yeah. Because they're meant to have been there so many months. Like, I'm um, up to episode seven of the second season so they've been like like five months now because i've watched this in like two and a bit weeks it sort of feels very short and a lot's happened in that time but you don't get that concept of time between each episode maybe has that been a week or has it been a month you don't you really don't get a feeling for that yeah so they keep buying businesses they sort of to get themselves out of shit they buy into or buy a business and that because i'm watching it so quick it's like you you now own a strip club a funeral home uh, <laughs> and all this sort of stuff it's like oh okay and it's it's just sort of big and then you sort of if you think too deep into it it's like well who's running it now because you're too busy telling this b story now what about that story over there that oh, it doesn't matter it's not important so yeah little things like that just don't hold together as well. So to me, it's not as tight or as good as a Breaking Bad or anything. And everyone seems to be the smartest pertinent person in the room. It's sort of like everyone's sort of clever yeah. in their own ways. And I sort of, oh, there can be dumb people, you know. But yeah, so I mean, I'm enjoying that for what it is. And the other new show I've been watching, I've been using my DC Universe Online because I think I'm the only subscriber and a very short-lived DC Universe Online because it will all be going to HBO Max soon enough, I dare say. Probably. But is Stargirl, which is the next... It's produced by Berlanti, who does, you know, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow and all that. But it's based on and show run by Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer and quite notable and it's very i suppose you could probably call it buffy the vampire slayer light in a way where it's set in a a dc universe i don't know if it's in a shared universe with other tv shows because they're not mentioning that but it i think it's self-contained yeah and it started off with joel McHale as starman actually and he's part of the justice society and it opens up with a big battle quite good special effects i was very impressed and the injustice league which is called in the comics in the 60s but i forget what they're called in this version of the show they're having a big fight and the justice society essentially are killed and destroyed and a young owen wilson or not young but 
he's meant to be young in this. He sort of like gets told by Starman to say, get away, go do your thing, blah, blah, blah. And they all get killed. And then it cuts to today because that was like 12 years earlier or something. And Owen Wilson's now got a girlfriend and she's got kids and they're going to move to a town together. And she's like the typical 15-year-old girl with doesn't trust the new boyfriend or stepdad or whatever he is, paying a lot of attention, obviously. And when they move, she finds in all his stuff, there's his stuff or the cosmic rod. Don't make it sound rude. It's about a 15-year-old girl. And it's Starman's stuff, essentially, and it gives it powers. It has flight and those sort of powers. It's a sentient sort of weapon and it works for her and okay, so, so it's not like it comes Captain, Captain Jack and young Billy Joel where he said I'll give you a quarter if you hold on to my rod <laughs> not quite no another, another um, obscure reference there that's for the Nick Kroll show if you want to go yes. yeah so she's turns out that she's you know the daughter of the original star man and she's got these powers and the rod works for her and she goes to high school she's there she gets put on the loser table at the cafeteria and all this sort of stuff so you got that typical teen storyline there. But the town they moved to is where the Injustice foes guys were sort of there as well. She becomes Stargirl, which is great. She goes off, she fights, she does her thing. She figures out that she can kick ass. And then she needs a little bit of help in one episode and the giant robot turns up. And it was Owen Wilson used to be the sidekick of Starman and he was stripey back in the day. But now he's built this giant robot called Stripes. So it starts the Stripes. That was a comic basis. So yeah. she's. So you've got your typical – it's a very teen show in that way. But the special effects are great. It seems like a bit of fun. It's kind of lighthearted. So it's a bit more jovial than what Flash and all those shows have become. So it's a bit of fun to watch. So we're watching it on a weekly basis and enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it. We're only two episodes in. But, yeah, that's um, it's fun. And sometimes it's nice. nice to just watch some dumb fun. But yeah, she's got that very teenish element to it. So it's not as mature as like a Buffy was. Yeah. But it's sort of got that vibe that there's shit going down in this town. She's essentially the protector. So it's like the Hellmouth and she's the one. And she's got the eldest statesman looking after her, which is Owen Wilson. Owen, so I keep saying Owen Wilson. Make it Luke Wilson. Because that's okay. the act. Yeah, Luke Wilson. I keep saying the wrong one. Yeah, so he's like the – he's in the robot. So it's a bit like Big Guy and Rusty, if you remember that cartoon from the 90s. Or the yeah, what a good cartoon that um, was too. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so that's that, that's a bit of fun. How long going to last? Hopefully for a while. I Hopefully they have a bit of fun with it because I've seen photos of characters coming back into it. So it's definitely going to have a lot of Justice Society. So there's a lot of old guard DC superhero stuff going on there, and it's got Solomon, Solomon Grundy in it, and Solomon oh. Grundy's really cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and he looks cool. It's like the Hulk. But yeah, that, that's my TV. I reckon. Cool. Well, you've been watching films. You haven't been going have to cinema because films. they're no. not open. No, I did watch one movie that did get a cinema release here in Australia, but I watched it on Amazon, and that's a movie called Late Night, which was written by Mindy Kaling. So it's it stars Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson, and Emma Thompson's kind of like this coming-to-the-end-of-her-career late-night TV host, and Mindy Kaling gets a job working in her writer's room initially because they need a woman to give her a bit of a a different take on things because the writers that she does have are all white men and they, they hire this sort of you know young Indian woman to give her a bit of freshness, but it comes across nicely. 
Like, it's not the sort of movie that I can imagine that I would have actually gone to the cinemas to see, but it has that sort of feel-good vibe about it. And I think Mindy Kaling is very clever in her writing because she wrote quite a lot of The Office. Um, She directed a few episodes of The Office, and I think she's actually got another show that's just started on Netflix now that's semi-autobiographical about her being uh, an Indian in America in high school. So I'm keen to watch that as well, but just something about it was nice and yeah. it was well acted. Bits of it were quite funny. It had a lot of topical scenarios where it's kind of like, well, yeah, how many people are a minority hire and they've only got the job because they had to, but she kind of turns it around and makes good. So yeah, that was fun. But the rest of my cinema and my movie watching is all stuff that was due to get cinema releases that kind of got bumped and was put on Netflix due to the fact that the cinemas are closed down. So on Disney plus we had a movie night with the kids and we decided to watch onward, which is the new Pixar film. It's Chris Pratt and Tom Hiddleston. Stallone, Spider-Man, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yes, that's the one. And they play brothers who are trying to resurrect their dead father on one of them 16th birthday because they're elves and they used to live in this magical land, but now no one does magic anymore. And it, it feels like it could have been one of those movies that was really big if it was pushed properly in the cinema. I kind of feel sorry for the fact that it has only just come onto well, streaming also, services. It was Pixar's big release for the year. Yeah, it was going exactly. to be their big movie, so yeah. But it, so it, it has that real Pixar quality. It's probably not up there with like the best of the Pixar's, but it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's a good film. It flows nicely. As I said, for a family movie night, my kids loved it. Like even my older boy loved it, and he doesn't really get into movies all that much. But my young one, the fact that it was mythical creatures and magic and the occasional sort of almost swear in it, he got a lot of kicks out of it. So. And I think my wife and I like the adult humour in it as well. So, yeah, I, I would recommend that. Because I heard was sort of what it's about, and it just didn't sound like it's something I really want to watch at the moment. It's about siblings and a lost parent. It's just like, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to go down there at the moment. <laughs> I really don't. No. So, yeah, because I know Pixar know how to really hit you in the heartstrings. And it's like, yeah, yeah I might avoid that for a while. Yeah, there's so, definitely a lot of feels in this movie. Yeah, so I, I, I'm assuming it's very good. You know, Pixar, the, even their worst movies, is not terrible. So yep. it's like, mm, maybe, maybe not. Mm. Another movie I watched on Netflix that I really enjoyed at the time, but then the more I think about it, the more I kind of realise that it was one of those in-the-moment movies. And that is the new Marky Mark film, Spencer Confidential. So yep. that's starring Mark Wahlberg and uh, Alan Arkin plays like his – not his dad, but a kind of his father figure, but he plays a policeman that's just come out of prison and he kind of gets tied up in a murder of another policeman and the corruption in the police force. Bits of it are really good. Bits of it are just Marky Mark being the fact that he is Marky Mark. It's set in Boston. He's doing his worst Boston accent or his best Boston accent, depending on which way you want to look at it. And he's teamed up with a roommate that, It's just a a border that Alan Arkin's brought in and he's like this huge seven foot black dude that does martial arts. And I think it's based on the old Spencer for Hire TV show because he is Spencer and the black dude is Hawk from A Man Called Hawk. But it, it has a nice dynamic to it. Bits of it flow really nicely. There's bits that do drag a little bit, but the action scene is great. And if you like fight scenes where people just get wrecked, there are some really good fight scenes in this as well. Like the big black dude puts a dude through a wall in a restaurant, which is awesome. And 
just yeah typical marky mark humor in some of the pieces as well but you kind of have to be in that mood for it because he really lays the boston accent on really thick mm. but alan arkin okay. is hilarious as the old man i think alan arkin is just hilarious in anything that he's in and he doesn't miss a beat in this movie either and wrote the banana boat song yes he did Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't seen it, but if you're liking those sort of movies on Netflix, apparently, is it John Henry, which is a Terry Crews sort of action-y sort of film? Maybe I should dig that up as well. Mm. Well, One last thing that I will say on Netflix that I really enjoyed before I let you have a bit of a go, and that's a little movie called The Lovebirds, starring Kamel Nanjiani and Issa Rae. And this sort of came out of nowhere. It was, again, due to have a cinema release, but got bumped. And then just picked up on Netflix. The only way I knew about it was I was flicking through the What's New on Netflix and it came up. And I sort of turned around to my wife and went, oh, I think this is meant to be a romantic comedy. It's only 80-something minutes long. If it's not bad, you know, if it's not good, at least we have wasted our whole night watching it. But it was actually really good. So Kamal and Issa Rose play a couple that are just about to break up and they get sort of sucked into a murder, and they spend the rest of the movie trying to clear their name and find out who actually did the murder, and there are some hilarious bits in it. I'm a big fan of Kamal Nanjiani anyway. Uh, especially loved The Big Sick that he wrote that was his sort of autobiographical story about him, how him and his wife got married mm-hmm. when she was sick with cancer, and they sort of met that way. This is directed by the same guy that directed The Big Sick, And it feels like one of those sort of old-fashioned, well, I say old-fashioned, but it feels like sort of a 90s romantic comedy, but it has very much 2020 sensibility to it. Okay. And some of the lines... Stuber. I know I didn't bother seeing Stuber because I watched the ads and I thought, no, this is not for me. Ask Kamal, you're a fan. Maybe I should dig that up. But there's a few bits in this and Kamal's one-liners just make it worth it just for that. Do you know he's doing a podcast while they're in isolation, oh, him and his he? wife? Because they, they did a podcast which we used to listen to, which I did drop off, and I wasn't yep. sure if they were still doing it anyway. But now he's a big old Hollywood star. I assume he stopped, but now everyone's in isolation. They've been doing a podcast together about being in isolation. Okay. And I listened to one episode going, yeah, that was fun. So oh, maybe I, I should jump on board. and listen to him all. It's just them talking about what they're doing and being stuck at home and how they're coping and what they're doing about it. And do you think I can find it? Here it is. Staying in with Emily and Kamal. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I recommend okay. that. As I said, it was it was quick. It was punchy. It was very funny in certain parts. Kamal singing Katy Perry's Firework in the back of the cab is really, really funny. So Okay. Yeah, no. You've sold me. You've sold yeah. me. All right. I'm out. That's enough for me Yes. to see it. Okay, so me, what have I been watching? Okay, I, Clash of the Titans, did I talk about that on the show? The original? The original Harry, Harry Hamlin. Clash of the Titans? Yes, Harry. Yes, yeah, Harry Hamlin and Star- Harry Harrison. <laughs> yes. um, yes, yeah, I put it on one day because I, I really wanted to watch Jason the Argonauts. And yep. Instead of actually going to the DVD and putting it on, I looked on the streaming services and no one had it. But they did have Clash of the Titans. So I'm just going to put that on. It was a lazy Saturday under afternoon. The kids were doing their thing. We were sort of cleaning up around the house. I just wanted it for background noise. And the kids sort of got into it, which is what I was hoping. I want them to catch those Saturday afternoon gems that I discovered that way. You know, yep. instead of seeking them out it's like you know we, we were stuck you'd you'd watch what was on tv so on the weekends it was like andy hardy or shirley temple movies and those sort of things and i have a love for those because i wanted something to watch and that's what i watched 
where now with the streaming services, it's so easy to watch something again. So discovering something new is hard. Like you're doing really well with watching new films at least, yeah. where I will go for classics, especially ones I know of but haven't seen before those sort of things, and I'm looking for that, and also going for ones I haven't seen for a while. So I sort of want that discovery for my kids by just throwing things on and have them pique their interests, essentially. They can just keep playing around it, or, oh, there's, what's what's going on with this Medusa, huh? And they'll ask the questions, and you try and explain as best you can. Yeah, so I sort of watched that, and they, they were interested enough in it. And I was like, yeah, that was cool, and it was it's great just watching that old-school special effects. But what have we watched lately? Not a lot. I can't really remember movie-wise. The Maleficent sequel, we watched that on the weekend. That was quite good. Yeah, I, I really noticed didn't know what to Disney expect with that, but well. it was quite good. Yeah, that was enjoyable. And I caught up with a friend now that the isolation's over. I actually went and visited a friend and we watched some movies. It was amazing. Pity the movies weren't. So I watched Hobbs and Shaw again because they hadn't seen it. And it's like, let's do it. And fuck, that's a long movie. Oh, I was about to say, it's a lot longer than it felt. Yeah, and it's like, oh, wow. And it was just such a shame that they showed the climax in the trailers because yep. you could have easily shown a lot of action scenes from the first half and sold the movie and shocked everyone with the end. Yeah, uh, They just, I don't know, screwed the pooch on that film because I came away a bit underwhelmed by it and watching it again. And as I, I, a listener to the show, actually, Emily Lind, She's got a podcast called The Fan and the Furious, and her and a friend, she's been convinced by a friend to watch the Fast and the Furious movies. And it's funny listening to someone go back in essentially clean and watching these films, you know, discussing the evolution of it. Yeah. We obviously love Fast Five. We've worked lyrically about it, and it's so hokey. It's charming, but it's flawed, yep. but charming. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And The Rock was so awesome when he introduced him to Us Five as a character. He came in as the behemoth that he is and as the character we all know him from the wrestling, which he didn't do in the movies when he tried to start up his Hollywood career. And, like, yep. this is The Rock we love, this wise-talking, you know, larger-than-life character. He was sort of the best things in it. But then they went and made this movie where he's the only thing in it. <laughs> essentially. And it's like, no, you're better when you're less. There's either less of you. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, it's a running joke, but with the fast and furious movies, it's all about the family. Oh, your family. We do this. We get around our wife, Peter singlets. We have barbecue and drink Corona's and your family. And it's yep. so po-faced that it works because they're taking it so fucking seriously. It's ridiculous. And this is a franchise that started off with them, you know, a bunch of illegal street racers stealing DVD players to now being super spies. Yep. But it's still done with the same po-faced seriousness that it's important. But you add The Rock and Jason Statham and that, and they were excellent elements in the Fast and Furious franchise. But seeing them again when they are the focus and it's all about the witty repartee between them back and forth. There was none of the po-facedness, and it just didn't ground it. And it was just no. like, okay, we get it. It just really felt it needed that grounding. Even if it's shit, it just needed it. So, yeah, it was just like, oh, it's just it's too jokey-jokey. Calm down, guys. Yeah. Like, toxic and, masculinity, it's a lot of it. it was just, and Edris Elba being the invincible sort of half-robot sort of bad guy, I, I think is a bit too over the top as well. It was – I mean, it was, it was a great – it was a great action film for what it was. It was bloated. Like, at two and a half hours, it was just way too big. And, the, and you can't fault the action scenes. They're fine. It just was something missing that wasn't – it doesn't have a heart, I suppose. It's funny. It's entertaining. But this is something as quirky and as 
silly as it is, the family and the heart of the Fast and Furious franchise is needed to make it work. Yeah. Because it shouldn't work. Yeah. So, yeah, watching that again was a bit thing. But we kept with the Fast theme, and I absolutely adore Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond. Yep. It's where he just talks geeky news and everything like that. And his co-host on the show is a guy called Mark Bernardin, who was a writer for Variety magazine and a few others. So he did a lot of Hollywood news stories. And now he's a TV writer in his own right. And he wrote for Castle Rock and he's writing for Star Trek Picards next season. And he's writing for Kevin Smith's He-Man run. So he's got his bona fides as far as being a, a writer is concerned. But on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, his take on movie reviews and just what he thinks of it or how to improve it. I absolutely adore. He's, I love his take on movies and story. He's great. I think he's a genius. So he recommended this movie called Fast Color. And he said, this is probably my movie of the year. I said, okay, this is big high praise. And he said, the problem was it came out a week before Avengers Endgame. So no one talked about this. Oh, okay. Movie. Like, okay, fair enough. Now, full disclosure, Mark Bernardin is uh, African-American. And watching Fast Color is sort of like, it's a superhero movie, but it's this. I said, okay, well, let's watch it. So we watched it with my friend and it was dull. Now, it is a... It's an African-American cast, essentially, and it's got a girl who turns up home. She has a seizure in the early scenes, and she essentially causes an earthquake. That's how strong the seizure is. She ends up it's set slightly in the future. You don't really know when, but the sort of like water's a commodity, as in, you know, there's a drought going on. So people are buying, you know, it's recycled water containers, and you're buying them in half and halves and full bottles, and that's a major thing. So there's no taps in the sinks and the toilets and things like that. Yep. So it, it's 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 interesting, but it's just really dull, unfortunately. It's about this family of these girls, who, women in this family have these powers where they can do stuff, and it, it's not exciting at all. And That's he really shame. raves about it, but I think he got so much more out of it than I did. Yep. <laughs> and as I was talking to my friend after, I was saying, sorry about the movies last night. And she's like, oh, it's all right, you know. Well, at least we got to talk because we haven't seen each other for three months. So it's just like, oh, yeah. it was the perfect movies for that that we could. It's like, but we could have talked more during Fast Color, but I, I didn't want to because I thought it was important. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> it's not. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if it just wasn't for me, whatever. But, yeah, I um, don't know if I can recommend Fast Color. He talked it up, and I, I don't think I've been steered wrong by Mark Bernardin yet. But, yeah, that – that choice just didn't quite work for me, unfortunately. But that's about it when it comes to movies, I'm thinking. I don't think okay. I've watched anything else. Oh, no. Can't no. think of anything else. Okay. But that's quite a bit of stuff that we have been watching. Yep. Now, as I said, we did our top ten albums last month, and we put it up on Facebook if anyone wanted to have a chat with us and tell us what they thought our picks were or what they, their own picks were. We didn't have anyone actually coming out and telling us how shitty our picks were, so that's probably a good thing. But friend of the show, Joel McMullen, actually posted his top ten, so I'll go through that for you now. Okay. And if you thought my Get ready for were, me to judge. Exactly. If you thought my picks were rather obscure, I, I don't know if me and Joel have the same taste in music, but there's a few that I like on here and there's a few that I have never heard of. So his top 10 were in no particular order. Mally Boy by John Williamson. Okay. True Colors by Cindy Lauper, which came very close to being on my list. Maverick really? by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Yeah, I like Cindy Lauper. Rock? Uh, Southern Rock, yeah, even though he's Southern from rock. Delaware. But yep. I remember back when I was a kid in the late 80s, I went and saw George Thorogood at Festival Hall. And I went through a period, sort of 86, 87, where I was listening to a lot of George Thorogood. But I don't know if he actually influenced my musical taste, but uh, 
he's got a couple of really good albums. So Joel is known for his old school metal. So he's got a few old school metal on his list, including Revelation by Armored Saint, uh, an album I have never heard of by an artist I've never heard of called Last Pale Light in the West by Ben Nichols. Something that's close to your heart, and that's Transformers movie soundtrack. Yeah. So I think he means the animated Transformers there. I, yes. I don't think he, 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 he means the Michael Bay ones. Take on the Nation by Armed Forces. Again, never, never heard, heard of that one. Let the Meat Metal by The Rods. Love You to no. Pieces by Lizzie Borden. And Operation Mind Crime by Queensryche. So Queensryche's old metal from like 80s metal, yeah? Yeah, I think so. And Lizzie Borden, didn't she kill her dad with an axe? That's the original Lizzie Borden. Oh, okay. I, I don't know about the band Lizzie Borden. Okay. So, yes, that, that's Joel's top ten. Hmm. Unfortunately, I can't comment because I don't know a lot of it. Ah, that didn't Thank stop you, you from commenting on the stuff that I put on my list. <laughs> well, you, you explained enough for me to judge it. <laughs> okay. All righty. You actually put it out there on Facebook, and we had an astounding response to your question. You actually put it out there saying... Ask away if you've got any questions, and only one person was interested enough to ask, which is probably fair enough, too. A couple of people liked our tweet, but no one actually made the effort to mm. ask a question, so, which is a bit of a shame. So, Dodsey, listener of the show, said, are there any movies or TV shows that you are both looking forward to in the future? Hmm. Hmm. Normally each year we would do a Great Expectations, but we didn't actually do that this year. because well, We didn't get around to it, and then the... Yeah virus happened and we sort of like oh it was a get out of jail free for us it's like, it was oh, don't have to do it now <laughs> as far as movies i don't know if there's anything that's actually scheduled for release that i'm really keen on i haven't really been keeping up on what's actually coming out this year but tv i know late july i think the second season of umbrella academy is coming to netflix and i'm quite mm, keen yep. on that mm-hmm and I think there is a new season of Pokemon starting on Netflix as well in June, sort of late June, June 22nd or something that I'm kind of keen on as well because my kids are jumping up and down going, Dad, you've got to watch this. But other than that, nothing else is really jumping out at me. Okay. Um, Movie-wise, yep. Wonder Woman. Oh, is that still coming out? Well, when? We don't know. It's sort of like, it, it will, but will it be streaming? Will it be next year? I don't know. So as far as movies that are made that are ready to go – There'd be that, and I know nothing about it, but Tenant, I think it's pronounced Tenant, which is Christopher Nolan's new film, which I've seen nothing. There's trailers there. I've seen nothing. I don't want to. I just sort of want to experience it, but it sounds like a bit of a mind fuck, which is fine, because he. the thing I like about Christopher Nolan is he's got the clout to make the movie he wants to make. So yep. he has some big ideas, and he gets to execute them the way he wants so this sounds like it's one of those big idea movies where it's sort of told in two directions and it sort of meets in the middle i don't know that's all i've heard so i don't want to think any more about it i just sort of want to experience it but it's apparently you know it's if it's not going to be released at the cinemas he'll wait he doesn't want it on the small screen or streaming he wants it to be seen uh, on the big screen and sort of like he's that sort of director where it's like yeah fair fair cop and he's okay. got enough clout to say yes to that so they're probably the two big ones i can think of there's things like ghostbusters and all that were due to come out i think this year but you know, i really i'm just sort of not thinking about it, so it's so out of sight out of mind as to yeah we don't know what's coming so it doesn't really matter obviously 2021 i'm a bit excited about because we've got the justice league snyder cut which yeah. may be a four-hour movie maybe five episodes i don't know i'm just very happy to see 
something. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be closure? I don't know. I doubt it. If you really want to hear a long, deep dive into the ramifications of what that is, listen to the latest Geek Dudes episode because I sort of go on a little bit. As one podcast talked about that podcast saying, I've never heard Chris Fresh, Chris Fresh show quiet because Mitch just sort of took it and ran with it. So that's a fair effort if you know. Okay. <laughs> Shut him up for a while. Yeah, this is a weird scenario where the fans have won and that's not always a good thing. No. So the Justice League movie we got was a bit of a Frankenstein abomination. There's obviously more to it, and you could tell just by watching it, it was a mess. And the stories that came out around it was, well, that's not Zack's movie, that's a mess. And from pretty much the get-go, was released the Snyder Cut. So he never really let up on it, Zack Snyder himself. He never denied there was a Snyder Cut and then started feeding bits and pieces out to try and keep the dream alive. Now, whether because of HBO Max starting and this whole isolation COVID, that means productions are being halted for a good six months at least. That means there's not a lot of content coming out next year because everything's been put on hold. So they've agreed to give him 20 to $30 million to finish his version. That means there was they're a good way into this film, but $30 million is nothing to sneeze at, but it's also a lot cheaper than a full bloody yeah, exactly. feature film. Yep. So he can finish it. Now, this, unfortunately, during the whole release the Snyder Cut movement came out, there was a lot of toxic bullshit that came around and bullying and those sort of things, which is not a side of fandom that's nice. And unfortunately, those guys will see that as a win, and you don't want that. I'm happy to see Zach release something that was his because the tragic circumstances that left him leaving the movie was not were, were legitimately tragic and sad but what they did to his movie was quite tragic as well yeah so the fact we're going to get a version of it the problem and I go deeper into Geek Dudes if you really want to listen, is it wasn't meant to be the last movie, this one. This was another bridging movie of a bigger story. So how he's going to finish this, I don't know where we're going to be at the end of this one. If it's an unfinished piece, we're going to sit down, we're going to be, the expectation's going to be there. Everyone's gone, everyone who sort of fought for this is going to say, yeah, we're finally going to get the right version I don't know if it's going to satisfy anybody's needs. That's the problem. I'm in a position where I'm just going to accept it. I don't care. I'm going to watch it for what it is. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to be good. I'm not expecting it to be bad. I'm not expecting it to answer any questions. I'm just expecting it to be. And it's the only way I'm going to be think be satisfied by the end of this. So okay. I'm definitely intrigued because I want to see what happened. Yep. But it's going to be interesting because there's a big movement. All the people that fought for this, it's going to – I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> I think they're going to be expecting something magical, but there's a reason they got Jossie yeah, to exactly. finish it. You yeah, know, so there's a lot of factors in there. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely, I, I, I'm intrigued and, and and eagerly awaiting it. But yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be great. No. But yeah, I, I, I'm fingers crossed it is. You know, I'm, I want it to be good, but yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be very interesting. That's for sure. Hmm. Well, at least we have got something we can look forward to. Yes, because who knows what's going on in the world at the moment. Oh, it's it's just such a weird place, but we're, we're just sort of getting used to it. Well, 
if we do have listeners in America, please look after yourself. It's exactly. crazy out there at the moment. And my my heart goes for all the people writing. Well, not writing. The people standing up for their beliefs. Protesting. Is protesting, yes, that's the word. The rioters and the looters don't don't really care for you too much, but the people protesting because it is a justifiable thing. And we are fortunate that in Australia we are in a much better position, but our government is nowhere near as... They're not good at all either. We no. have enough people of colour dying in custody here over the last 25 years that it's criminal here as well, but we don't make the noises or protests that you guys do. So good luck to everyone over there. Stay safe. It's um, not a nice place at the moment. No. All right. Well, on that note, that's probably a good place for us to wrap up this episode. Considering we didn't have a topic, we've still gone just as long as we normally do. So that's good to know, I guess. But yeah. All right. It's good well, to talk. If- it is good to talk. If you do have any feedback for us, you can jump onto our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. We are the MA Podcast at podbean.com on our website, or we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. All right. And as we always say, if you have feedback for us, let us know. It's good to know that we actually have some listeners that do actually want to interact with us. So, yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. And until next time when we come back with another Welcome to My World, I'm not exactly sure what we're doing for that yet, but it will be in another couple of weeks. But thank you again, Mitch. It's no fun worries. to talk. No and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hang on a tick. I had to. That's <coughs> right. I'm all around my arse. <laughs>